Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Foley Merrill Studios presents Quiet, Please, which is written by Willis Cooper, directed by Chuck and Megan Mara, and features Erica James. Quiet, Please, for tonight is called Rain on New Year's Eve. It's raining again. Pretty near New Year's and it's raining again. No, back east it's probably snow in different places, or well, maybe the moon's out shining on the snow and people are saying, why it's so bright out you could read a newspaper. You can't read a newspaper by moonlight, only the headlines. Maybe if you take your newspaper out in the yard and stand in the moonlight, you might find a headline with my name in it. It's been there before. Well, anyway, so there's moonlight. Here there's rain. Like it was that other New Year's Eve. That's what the rain makes me think of, as if I ever thought of anything else. Listen to the rain. I was sitting in my office in the writer's court out there after we'd been on the picture for two or three months. Writing it, that is. They'd been shooting for about three weeks, but I was still on the picture because we had a producer that couldn't make up his mind, and the director was one of those guys, a sort of road company Hitchcock, you know? Yeah, well, he makes the picture up as he goes along. Only there has to be a writer filed away someplace where he can find her when he runs out of ideas, which is not more than 11 times a day. So, <laughs> I'm dying. I go on the set and I find actors there I, I never heard of, speaking lines I never wrote, and scenes I couldn't figure out. Then the director would get me in a corner and he'd put the arm on me. This thing doesn't seem to quite gel, young lady, you know? And so me and my little typewriter go to work to unscrew things while the overtime and the gin rummy games go right on. <laughs> Great life, that. Well, so I'm sitting in my office and the rain is on the roof and the gas heater is frying my ankles while the draft from the window is giving my neck the deep freeze. Mary Lou, my secretary, comes in from her little cubbyhole next to mine. When do I get to do my Christmas shopping, Miss Ramsey? You don't get to do your Christmas shopping, Mary Lou. Yes, I know. I didn't. What? Christmas was two days ago, Miss Ramsey. What's it? Oh, well, Merry Christmas. Are we ever going to finish this picture, for heaven's sakes? Well, I'll tell you, Angel. Mr. Doty, the great director, is getting $3,500 a week. I know it. And, my dear, Mr. Doty has not got $3,500 a week for a long time long time, see? Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Doty, the great director, is going to make $3,500 a week just as long as he possibly can. And characters like us can, you know what. That man! Mm, I have a different word for him, sweetheart. But as I was saying, if we leave it to Mr. Doty, this here picture ain't never gonna be finished. A hundred years from now, somebody will come upstairs here and they'll find an old, old woman with long white hair beating out the 59th revision of scene 456. And in the next room, a little apple-cheeked old lady. Oh, cut it out. Yep. Oh, when are we ever going to finish this? No kidding. New Year's Eve. Oh, maybe there'll be champagne and stuff on set. Oh, yeah, no doubt. For the expensive actors and producers and the fine, upstanding director. For you and me... A nice bottle of 60-cent claret imported from right over there on Ventura Boulevard. <laughs> You're so funny. 
On the contrary. <laughs> well, I'm getting awful sick of this, Miss Ramsey. We've had to work every single night for the last four weeks. Do you realize that? Do you kidding? Do I realize it? <laughs> Go get me some coffee, will you, kid? I gotta stay awake for Mr. Doty. Coffee? I bet you and I could be elected president of Brazil all the coffee we've been putting away. Answer the phone. It's Doty. Well, we gotta be dignified. Hold on. Miss Ramsey's office, who's calling, please? Oh, yes, Mr. Doty. She's here. I'm always here. Ramsey? Yes, Mr. Doty, what seems to be the trouble? I see. Yes, I, I see, but Mr. Doty, I... Will that mean rewriting practically all the... Well, well yes, I, I know, but I mean, what do you gain that way? What, two monsters? <laughs> well, well, what's two monsters got that one monster hasn't? Well, well yeah, sure, but who scares who? Uh, whom, I mean. But, Mr. Doty, I saw a picture once with two monsters in it, and it was silly. <laughs> what? Oh, you directed it. That's, um, well, well, I'll be right over. Skip the coffee, Mary Lou. <laughs> two monsters? Two. Count them. Two. And I'll lay you six, two, and even. That by the time I get to the stage, he'll be hollering for three. Take your raincoat. It is raining pitchforks. Hmm. Maybe one of them will stab me. I better tell you about this monster stuff. Uh, this was a horror picture, you see? Kind of the poor man's Frankenstein. Yeah, they couldn't get call off naturally, and they couldn't use the Frankenstein monster makeup because Jack Pierce over at Universal invented that. I guess Universal owned it. So they had me dream up a monster. And boy, did I dream one up. There's an old book. It's called, uh... Nah, I guess I won't tell you what it's called. But you don't want to take those old books too seriously. So I kind of swiped this monster out of the book. Well, you'll never see the picture, I suppose, so maybe I better tell you a little about him. Well, I guess I won't either. He was... He was the most horrible monster I ever saw. No kidding. And what the makeup department did with my sketch and my description? Oh, boy. <laughs> Just one thing I'll tell you about him. You can figure out the rest for yourself. He didn't have any face. You take it from there, but don't kid yourself. He was a thing. They got Allie Thorpe to play the goon. Nice fella. Quiet. Always grinning. Modest. He was a good actor. Last guy in the world you'd expect to play a monster. Oh, yeah, sure. Karloff did the Frankenstein thing, and he's the mildest-mannered guy in the world. I remember him on the Son of Frankenstein set years ago in his monster suit, all gray and green, showing pictures of his new baby to people. <laughs> I had to laugh. Well, I mean, I guess monsters are humans sometimes, huh? And maybe humans are... Yeah. Well, all right, so I spent three hours listening to Mr. Doty run off at the mouth with the whole company having the screaming meanies over all this nonsense. It's five minutes to twelve when he finally decides to quit and everybody goes home. They're all burned at Doty, but yeah, they'll wake up in the morning and remember the overtime and they'll feel better. Me? <laughs> Writers don't get overtime. 
So I get back to the writer's court, the lights burning in the window, and Mary Lou's snoring away with a face in a stack of carbon paper. She wakes up and asks me a question. Uh, how many monsters now? We got four now, I'd say. Including me. So the next morning, it's not raining anymore. The sun is shining bright and you could see snow on top of the mountains and it's a very nice day. And Monsters are pretty hazy in my mind as I pick up my copy of the reporter and head for the rickety stairway to my palatial office. I'll tell you how much good the sunshine did me. I was whistling as I climbed up the stairs and opened the door. You might as well turn off that whistle. Mr. Doty's looking for you. Now what? He says it's very important. Yeah? Two more monsters? Your coffee's on your desk. Oh, steaming cold, no doubt. <laughs> I just brought it up. Give me 15 cents. Ah, it's your turn to buy this morning. Mm-mm, I bought yesterday. All right, all right. Hello? No, she isn't here yet. Ugh, go ahead. Miss Ramsey's office. Yes, Mr. Doty. Morning, Mr. Doty. How are you? Oh! <laughs> no kidding. Why, that's... F- what? Oh, of course. Yak, 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 yak. Yeah, sure. What's up? Why, sure, Mr. Doty. Yes, sir. I'll be right over. What? He has to finish the picture definitely by 12 midnight, December 31st. Oh, that's what you said last night. Well, I was kidding. You know how it goes in the story. I forgot. Well, I mean, the way it was originally, you know? This this monster only has power the last hour of the year. Oh, yes. Remember it was a New Year's party, the whole picture? It's been so long, I forgot how we started. Well, don't you remember a big payoff scene? She thinks the monster's a wicked uncle. Who thinks? You know, the babe with the teeth. The goon girl with the blue dress. Oh, yes. Remember, she she thinks the monster's her uncle and she tries to rip his mask off and it ain't a mask. Oh, yes, something like that. And the house is on fire and he grabs her and runs inside the house and our hero busts in after her and rescues her. Some way I never had a chance to figure out. How would he do it without his glasses? He'd fall over the stoop. What stoop? There's hundreds of them in pictures. Drink your coffee and go see Mr. Doty. Maybe he's changed his mind. He can't change his mind. The front office put the big fat arm on him or else. Whoopee, baby. Three days and we could sit down and rest. Away from this place. You can say that again. Well, sir, that sunshine looked better than ever to me. But when the big door of the stage swung shut behind me, that sunshine sure disappeared. Well, Mr. Doty was an unhappy man. Well, three more days and there wouldn't be any more of those $3,500. And he didn't like it a little bit. And guess who he took it out on? This is the worst story I have ever had to deal with. It positively smells bad. I mean, I didn't say. It's your story, Mr. Doty. All I got left is a monster, and it'll probably turn out to be Santa Claus or somebody. See, if you listen to me when I told you how to do it. I didn't say. 
I listened to you, Mr. Tori, and now look what we got. Over Manhattan, that was easy. Now I gotta give up my idea of having three monsters instead of one. Because then we'd have to reach you practically the whole picture. And you'd have made it on a million bucks. I didn't say that either. So, if you think you could possibly dredge up your original script, then I think I can possibly make it into an acceptable big picture. Although, that's a task, even for a director like me. Mr. Dodie doesn't realize what an unconscious humorist he is. That guy can make a B picture out of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, even if he had the original cast. Go get to work. Get to work and do something. Have I got to do everything around here? Get a move on ya! So? I gotta move on me. And if you think I disliked that guy up to now... What are you looking at? What are you all looking at? Get back to work! Pretty good to me the last two days. You've got to get some sleep somehow. You've been on your feet for almost two days, Miss Ramsey. Huh? Oh. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Where were we? Scene 168. Long shot. Interior mansion. Night. From the top of the stairway to the upstairs, indistinct in the shadows, we sense, rather than see, the twisted, evil form of monster as it peers over the balustrade. From the foreground right, the butler appears and starts slowly up the stairway. As he reaches the fourth or fifth step, the camera starts to move in and follow him. We crane upstairs and the camera holds on the last three steps. As the butler reaches the top, cut to... Hey! Wake up! Gee, I'd sure like to... I'm not here. Miss Ramsey's office. Yes, Mr. Doty. All right, all right, all right. Hello. Yes. Sure. I'll be right over. Oh, Miss Ramsey, I wish you could... You know what, Mary Lou? Well, put on your coat. It's raining again. You know what? What? I wish I was a monster. You know, I was a tired little lady. I didn't have any Thanksgiving. I ate a thin ham sandwich in my office that day because Mr. Doty had to have three new scenes Friday morning. He called me at the office to see how I was doing. He just finished his Thanksgiving dinner, you see. I didn't have any Christmas. I locked the door in my office and beat my brains out on a whole new sequence Mr. Doty had thought up. All around me, people were drinking whiskey and chasing each other up and through the corridors and up and down the stairs. I didn't have any Sundays. And I didn't have any evenings. I, my friend, nearly lost my mind. All the time, Mr. Doty. <laughs> wow. <sighs> yeah, it's no wonder that by New Year's Eve, I was ready to hire a man with a cleaver to extubate the guy. But I didn't. Nope. I sure didn't. At nine o'clock, he called me over to the set again. Could I rewrite some dialogue? <laughs> well, I crossed him up on that one. I threw out the hash he'd made of my original dialogue and substituted what I'd originally written. It played okay. After seven different takes. All exactly alike. I went back to my office. In the rain. 
Miss Ramsey's office? Yes, Mr. Doty. Yes, Mr. Doty, I'll tell her. Miss Ramsey. I heard ya. He needs you right away. Again. Okay. 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 You poor thing. I'll be out in a couple hours. Hope I can take it. Take your raincoat. It's raining cats and dogs. You're telling me. That time it was a little piece of action he couldn't get through his ivory head. I explained it in words of one syllable, carefully avoiding the four-letter ones. He thanked me. Old girl. And I went out into the rain again. Rain. What rain in California can do to you? I heard of a fella that jumped into the Los Angeles River once after a week of rain. Ordinarily, he'd break his ankle, but he drowned. You know, it, it just comes down. Steadily. I know, I could probably be a lot more graphic than that, but that's all there is to rain in California. It comes down steadily. Ice cold. Steadily. Yeah, of course it always stops. About the time you've decided to start out on foot for the east, the sun shines, poinsettias bloom, and the hills are green, and oh, man, it's wonderful. I guess they have the rain, like, hitting yourself on the head with a hammer. Feels so good when you stop. Yeah, that's a bum gag, but I was a pretty beat-up character. Three more times that New Year's Eve. In the rain. The guy getting Mina and Mina each time. Well, at least it was going to be over pretty soon. It was ten minutes to eleven when I came into the office and Mary Lou took my coat from me. You've got to get a little sleep, Ramsey. Now sit down at your desk, put your head down, and catch forty winks. Thanks, Mary Lou. Ugh. If I had to see that man just one more time tonight, I wouldn't be responsible. I'm not kidding. I know. Now you go to sleep. But kid, you're as all in as I am. Well, I don't have to face him. Yeah, he's got to stop at midnight. As soon as he's through, should you and me go someplace and have a New Year's drink? I, I don't know whether I'd be able to keep away. Well, let's try, huh? Oh, just go to sleep. So I went to sleep. So I went to sleep, and I dreamed. Even when I was asleep, I couldn't get that guy Dodi off my mind. I dreamed I was on a set. I dreamed they were shooting the last scene, the one where the monster comes closer and closer to the camera, and that head of his without any face fills the whole screen. You know how it is in dreams. You're here, and then all of a sudden you're there, and you're one guy, and then you're another, and it's all mixed up. Yes, I could see the set and I could hear Dodie call out. Quiet! Quiet! Rowan! Action! Then I could see this faceless monster coming out of the shadows slowly, slowly, right up to the camera where George Robinson was standing, tired as everybody else. And I thought to myself, if the audience had any idea that little milk toast Allie Thop was inside that monster rig, they'd bust. And then in, the, in my dream, I saw Dodie jumping up and down in one of those silly rages of his and heels. 
Even in my dreams, he was picking on me. And so they, they started all over again, and my dream got kind of mixed up all right there, and I sort of seemed to be following the monster, because I could see Dodie's face right in front of me as the monster moved in. When Dodie yelled, Cut! again, the monster and I didn't stop. I just sort of seemed to follow him right on, farther, farther. I saw the monster's big, hairy hand grab Dodie, and Dodie screamed. And the monster's hands were fumbling at Dodie's neck. Dodie was biting him, and I saw Dodie bite the monster's hand. So real, I could almost feel it. And then everything got black in my dream, and there was a lot of a lot of bells ringing. And well, that's what woke me up. So I raised my head, and of course there I was in my office. And I pulled myself out of it a little, and suddenly I knew what the bells were everywhere. Bells ringing in the new year. The rain was hammering on the roof, and it was tomorrow. So I got up and hollered for Mary Lou. Mary Lou! Hey, Happy New Year, Mary Lou! When she didn't answer, I, I stepped through the door into her little office. And she was lying on the floor behind her desk. And the look on her face was something I never want to see again. It was a look of the most awful horror anybody could imagine. The kind of look you'd expect to see on the face of someone who'd been literally frightened to death by a monster who had no face at all. So I stood there. After a few seconds, I heard people yelling outside and I heard somebody yell that Ali Thorpe had killed Dodie. Somebody else said no, Ali Thorpe was dead too with a broken neck in his dressing room. And my hand hurt. When I raised my hand to look at it, right across the thick of my palm were teeth marks deep, bloody teeth marks where Zodi had bit me when I strangled him. So, you see, that's why I say never take any of those old books too seriously. Remember I said I wished I was a monster? Well, you remember what the book said. The monster only possessed his murderous power for one hour. The last hour of the year. New Year's Eve again. And it's raining. Got anybody you want murdered? You have listened to Quiet, Please, which is written by Willis Cooper and directed by Chuck and Megan Mara. The woman who spoke to you was Erica James. And Jamie Cunningham was Mary Lou. Chuck Mara was Dodie. This episode of Quiet, Please! was originally broadcast by the Mutual Broadcasting Company on December 31st, 1947. Now for a word about next week's Quiet, Please! Here is our director, Chuck Mara.
I call next week's story Camera Obscura, which, if you understand Italian, means dark room. You may like this story of what takes place in this dark room. And so, until next week at this time, I am quietly yours, Erica James. Quiet, please. Comes to you from Los Angeles and is produced by Foley Mara Studios. 